We are live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Worship God, the TGC Canada podcast for worship leaders and those who love Jesus and those who love to make music and those who love to serve the church in the area of worship and music. Great to have you guys with us today, Rob and Pat. Good to see you guys. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Good. Rob, what's happening over there? Man, you know, I'm... uh... See, my background's different. I'm finally back in my office. I have internet good enough to use here now, so we're going we're gonna to try this out here. Hey. I think, I think, Rob, you have, well, actually, I've been really consistent. You guys have been more places, like you're world travelers or something. Pat's been in so many different backgrounds. Rob, you've had macrame hanging in your background. You've been all over the provinces, eastern Canada. You yeah. guys are just like men, men about the town. Yeah. Well. Good to have you here today. Uh, Pat is with us from Midtown Church in Vancouver. He's the worship pastor there. Rob Brockman is the worship pastor at Living Hope Alliance, Living Hope Church. Did I get that right? I did, yeah, yeah. second time. And uh, my name is Jody. I am the lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, Ontario. And with us, although hidden, is our fearless audio uh, technical producer leader, Wyatt Graham. He's got some very important job with TGC Canada. Uh, he'll tell us exactly what his title is in the in the notes in just a second. But happy birthday, belated birthday, Wyatt! Uh, a young Grand Magister, he said. Grand, I'm not sure if that's uh, anyway. So your title is wonderful, and uh, happy birthday to you. We're glad that TGC allows us to be here every week. So thanks, folks, for joining us. And uh, if you've been checking in with us, uh, we try to cover topics that are pertinent, relevant, and helpful for you as a, a leader, someone who's thinking about these things and loves the gospel. And uh, so today our topic is practicing biblical fellowship. And uh, we just want to make the distinction that, you know, we are people who have music as a big part of what we do as we worship God, but that's not all that what we do. It's not just music. It's not just playing our instruments and singing. It's really about who we do it with and why we do it and the ethos that, that we bring, the heart that we bring to, to what we do. And the first thing is, I think that any of us would know is that we don't do what we do by ourselves. We don't serve by ourselves. Some people may, but there's still community. There's team around us. There's, there's other people around us. You know, so one of the things I like to say is that the guys at the back, the AV team, are very much part of the worship team as much as the drummer and the bass player. So we do what we do in community, in context. And today our topic really is looking at how we walk with one another, and particularly as leaders, how we nurture and shepherd the people around us to really practice the one another's of, of the New Testament. So Pat, why don't you give us uh, just a, a nutshell of your heartbeat for this topic? I know this is something that's important to you. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just the, the temptation in our day for, for worship leaders, worship pastors, is that we focus uh, our attention on, I think, management. Um, and often there's a, you know, this idea that, and if your to-do list looks like my to-do list every week and, you know, finding the teams, finding the people to play, finding the songs, getting the arrangements. And then, you know, you rush into a rehearsal and rehearsal is all about managing the, the arrangement and managing and managing. Everything is managing. And I think sometimes we just miss the moment of the fact that we're the body of Christ and that God has brought us together. And that, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes by, by Milton Vincent um, in his little book, The Gospel Primer, where he, it's, it's titled My Inheritance in the Saints. Um, and he, he says this, when God saved me, 
he made us members of his household and gave us gifts to one another, gave us as gifts to one another. So, so, so on that worship team, there's a group of people and everyone on that team has been given by God as a gift to one another. Uh, he says, each brother and sister is a portion of my gospel inheritance from God, and I am a portion of their inheritance as well. And I love this. He says, we are significant players in each other's gospel narrative. And it's in relationship with one another we, that we experience the fullness of God. So in our day, that it's, it seemed like music and and arrangements and what we do on Sunday is all consuming. I think we lose sight sometimes of, of, of nurturing and caring for one another um, and being intentional in the way that we understand that, that apart from me being a significant player in my brother and sister's gospel narrative, uh, they can experience the fullness of Christ. Uh, so this is just a passion of mine. I feel like we we desperately need worship teams to to get to to grab hold of a vision of what biblical fellowship practicing biblical fellowship really looks like and i think i think if you want your team to soar in terms of musically and every other way you know jesus says in matthew 6:33 seek first the kingdom of god its righteousness and then he adds everything to you I think we start often with all the practical stuff. And then if we got a little bit of time, we squeeze in a little bit of prayer, a little bit of this. Um, but, but, but if we could build a foundation of practicing biblical fellowship, I'm talking way too much. But here, that's my, my passion. That was a good intro. So <laughs> for some people who maybe came together as, as a worship team and, and they were just coming together in silos, you know, six individuals or five individuals doing their own musical thing. That's not what God's calling us to. And uh, even maybe a step further, jamming together as a, as a bunch of band members having fun. Really, there's so much more than that, isn't it? So much more. Yeah. Well, let's, let's press into this. I, I, I totally agree with you. And uh, anybody who's worked with teams realize that there's a job to do on Sunday morning. There's a congregation that's waiting and there's music that we will play and we want to do that well. But there's the whole, we would say there's the tip of the iceberg, the part that our congregation sees, but there's the whole under under part of it below the waterline, which is relationship, which is nurture, as you said, which is just being in community. And I, I have shared the scripture verse before, but I love this verse from Romans 15. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Jesus, Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a sense that, you know, there's a, our lives should be intertwined. So, so let's talk about what is it Maybe, Rob, I'm going to have you jump in on this. What is it that binds us together? Obviously, we're musicians. Musicians get each other. We appreciate each other. But beyond just being musicians, what is that the glue that holds us together when we're so different? Totally. Well, the word fellowship um, takes its root from this idea of a shared or mutual relationship, actually. And so the, the actual commonality that is behind fellowship is the shared and mutual relationship that we have in Jesus. Fellowship is something that happens between believers, people who love Jesus, who have been transformed by Jesus, who are walking with Jesus. So that means that the gospel is the glue that holds us all together. This is why in Acts 2, at the end of the chapter, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread into prayer, meaning that this was 
that we have with Jesus um, that we share together creates us into a kind of community that we're doing these things together. So I think that's the key thing that we gotta we gotta start off with is that Jesus is the common factor for all of us. The gospel is the factor that unites us, which means that the gospel should be pretty predominant in those times that we're gathering together, specifically in our context thinking about gathering for even worship rehearsals and stuff. If Jesus is the root of our fellowship, um, then, man, we want to make sure that our rehearsals reflect that and not that even music is the root of our fellowship in those times. It's got to be, it's got to be the gospel. And, and what that looks like is what we want to talk about today. Mm. Yeah, so we have a relationship, we're one in Christ, but we have a relationship with Jesus. And because of that relationship with Christ, we have this relationship we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I was just having a conversation at lunchtime. And uh, I said to, uh, to my son, actually, at lunch, you know, that when Jesus picked 12 disciples, they were a very diverse bunch of people. And uh, he said, you know, he said to them, love one another in this midst of this diversity where there was every reason for them not to get along and to hate each other, but the call to love one another. And uh, there are lots of different personalities on our worship teams. And you know, it says the, the love of God fills us and overflows. Pat, uh, I know that, you know, training is a big part of, of your heart for, for people and teams. And um, just speak to what it means for, uh, for us to grow in community. You know, God, you just said that we're a gift to one another. This is part of our inheritance. And how does, how does growth take place when this is working well, when we're understanding biblical fellowship in team? <clears throat> well, I think... It's helpful, um, you know, and we're we're talking to worship leaders, we're talking to worship pastors. Um, this podcast, we're hoping that's that's encouraging you today, uh, hearing some of these things. But I think there's this, you know, uh, just to be mindful that um, it, it is about fulfilling the one another's, and it is just about this common christian care for one another and so you might be listening and you you lead worship in a small church and you have a team and you're thinking well i don't do that because i'm not a pastor or whatever but what i think is just being mindful of that we we've been we've all been called to care and and you know milton vincent's quote is has nothing to do with a worship team <laughs> it's the reality that the gospel creates this it creates this reality that we are significant players in each other's gospel narrative uh, and and we help, we're to help one another experience the fullness of Christ. So, you know, I think it's, it needs intentionality. Um, and so whether you're, you're leading a, you know, a small, small band or a small team in a small church, or you're a worship pastor of a bigger church, there has to be built in. And I think that's, that, that word intentionality, I just don't think we do enough. We, we do a lot of intentionality in rehearsals and in, and in arrangements and those kind of things. Uh, we don't do as much intentionality in practicing biblical fellowship. And so I would say you got to get some rhythms <clears throat> and some routines built in uh, where your people are, 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 you know, one, do, do you practice biblical fellowship? Do you have people in your life uh, that you on a regular basis um, you know, confess sin to and, and confess your struggles and um, have people that are praying for you. Are you praying for others? Um, and, and then w when you begin to build, when, when that's, when you're practicing that in your own life, then you, you have 
stories of how God is using others in your life, how they're significant players. And then, and then you begin to, you know, expand that into your team or into those people that you get the privilege to, to lead. Um, and it just, it's just this snowball effect of understanding that, <clears throat> that, you know what, I, apart from you in my life, I'm not going to be uh, what God wants me to be. And so, you know, I think it's impo- it's impossible uh, to do this well without really knowing the people that we and and to 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 know and to be known. I think is vitally important. So, are 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 you mindful? As you know, thinking, are you mindful of the struggles and temptations of the on the people on your team? Um, do you do you know what's going on in their life? Do you do you know? You know, when was the last time they picked up their Bible? <laughs> Um, you know, for, for many years, uh, at, at leading a, a, ch- a church and, and responsible for the worship team, <clears throat> we did a monthly worship team meeting and that meeting was set aside specifically for this reason. So, cause you know, uh, it, it was even weird cause that for many years they would come into this, this worship team meeting and they, they would automatically plug in their instruments and they were ready to go. And I'd say, Hey, look, can we just put those down tonight? We're not going to do that. Uh, and then a musician doesn't even know what to do when you tell him to put his instrument down because he came to a worship team meeting. So I think I think things like that, like how do we begin some things that that we say, hey, we're we're going to make practicing biblical fellowship a priority because it's from that place that I think we really we understand we're we're really being joined together with one another in a way that that is helping us experience the fullness of Christ. Yeah. And I think that, <clears throat> I think that that comes from understanding, like you were saying, Pat, that our primary role is not being a worship leader, right? being a disciple maker. Right. It's our prominent, my, my number one job before I'm a music leader, before I'm a song picker, before I'm picking arrangements is I'm a disciple maker, Matthew 28, the great commission, right? That's my job. And so whether you're a pastor, pastor or a worship leader, our heart should be for the people on our team. Our heart should be, hey, are you growing in your faith? Are you engaged? Are you reading? Mm-hmm. I mean, that just reflects that my priority is right, right from the beginning. And that also frees me up to maybe my priority isn't to spend an hour and a half Thursday night or Wednesday night playing music, but it's to pray for one. Why would anybody logic, why would a musician logically do that outside of I'm a disciple baker? I love Jesus. Right, right fellowship and i love these people so that's got to be the motive it's got to be this this my whether i'm a, whether it is my job or whether i'm just coming in and helping out we're disciple makers first and foremost and that i think really fuels pat a lot of what you're saying i understand my role is to make disciples and yeah it reminds me jesus said you know to peter if you love me you're going to feed my sheep take care of them and uh, someone asked me as a, a younger leader, he said, what's your ministry? And this was a mentor, so he was trying to push me in. I said, uh, it's music. I was worship pastor. He said, no, it's not your, that's not your ministry. So I was thinking, okay, what is it? What is it? I, and I thought, okay, he wants a spiritual answer. I said, my ministry is worship. He shook his head and he said, no, that's not either. I was, I was done at that point. He said to me, and, and I think this just underscores the point that we're making here. He said, your ministry is people. Right. And, you know, too, too often with musicians, we think we're here to, to do music. We're here to, to lift worship. We're here to lead God's people in singing, but that's true. It's part of it, but it's not the real answer. It's not the full answer. It's not the, the end answer, which is people. And Rob, as you've well said, 
it's to be disciple maker, a disciple maker and uh, to love the sheep as Jesus loved them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think we definitely need to reframe what's on our job description really, because probably our job descriptions don't necessarily reflect what we're talking about, about this culture of nurture of these pastoral tendencies, as you said, Pat, this people don't know what to do if they're not playing music, they don't really mm-hmm. want to be a- asked questions. So, so let's say someone has just been, you know, they've been rehearsing, they've been getting good song arrangements, but they've never, they've never been doing this before. They've got 15 people on their team. How do we start to get under the skin of people beyond making sure their guitar is tuned to, to the condition of their heart, to the needs of their life? What are, what are some things that people can do if they want to say, I need to turn a corner and I need to start creating this culture of care and nurture? Hmm. Oh man, so many things. But I, I think uh, the first thing I would, I would encourage teams uh, to do, I, I think it's vitally important that people that are up front and that are you know, singing, playing before the congregation on a weekly basis, that they have a big view of God. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's really important to have set aside. I know they get taught the word of God on Sundays like everybody else, and they're probably in a community group, or they're probably reading a book. Um, but, I, but I think it's really important that you, you get together with your group, with your team. And I, I love the once a month meeting. I've done it for 20 plus years, and it's, it's uh, served me well. Um, I, you know, I think big view of God read books together. Uh, one of the things that, that I did over the years that, that was so encouraging, we would do uh, Knowledge of the Holy together, or we would do uh, Attributes of God by A.W. Pink. And we'd get in a room and I would say the month before, you know, Betty and Susie and Jack, you got, you got, you got a chapter each and each chapter is like two pages long, but it talks about God's omniscience or God's omnipotence or God's sovereignty. And um, so they would just have, you know, 15 minutes to, to 10 minutes to talk about this attribute of God. And it would always inevitably lead us to a couple guitars being strapped on and just worshiping because we're just blown away by who God is. Um, and then I balance that on a yearly basis with having an accurate view of ourselves. <laughs> I think musicians struggle to have an accurate view of themselves. It's uh, we think of ourselves way more highly often than than we ought, um, and it's helpful that that someone could say, "No, you know, you you're not nearly as good as you think you are." <laughs> uh, so, you know, how do we, you know, and so we'd read books on humility. We'd read books that just help us understand that, wow, this is this is um, this is the God we serve, and this is. This should be my heart posture towards that God. Um, and then from that place, you know, look for ways. We, we always started our meetings with first 20 minutes where they would, they would go in small groups, groups of three, guys with guys, girls with girls, and, and ask two questions like, tell me about your love for Jesus. What's been happening? How's your, how's your walk with Jesus? Um, and if usually that wasn't very good and there was some real uh, concerning uh, some some moments of just discouragement and they weren't doing well. The second question we would ask each other is, is, is there any known sin or any specific sin that you feel you need to confess? Um, and I've heard all kinds of people say, boy, I don't, I don't do those kind of things unless I build bridges with people and all that. The beauty of the gospel 
is that each and every one of us, we stand at the foot of the cross on a level footing. And every one of those people in my team, um, th- we're all standing. I'm not, I'm not more justified than, than you know, the, the sister who just really struggled or, or missed the mark this week. Uh, I'm not, Paul the Apostle wasn't more justified than I am. <laughs> we are all equally justified in God's sight, and we stand at the foot of the cross, and how can we be arrogant when we stand there? And so we, we need each other, and we need to, to, to recognize it. Guess what? I, I, I struggled. I missed the mark this week. Here's what, what was going on in my life, and let these people be significant players in my life and minister God's grace mm-hmm. to my life. So. I have so much more to say, but I'm done. You guys need to talk. (laughs) One thing that I would, um, another way to do this that I would add that I really believe is key in all this. I think you start where Pat starts, which is who is God? Let's get a right view of God. Humility. And then who are we? But I think a way to build biblical fellowship is biblical hospitality. I think it's to, open your life up to people to to up, to really break start to break down some of these walls and start giving people the inside glimpse of who are you as a person because the more they get to know you and your heart the more that they're going to that that relationship will deepen you know first peter 4 9 says show hospitality to one another without grumbling there's mm that because we're always grumbling uh, when it comes to hospitality and having people in our homes. Oh, it's such a burden. I don't have a big enough space. Oh, my kids are going to be annoying, whatever, all these things. And it's biblical, biblical fellowship. I really believe an easy place to build it is around the kitchen table. It's Mm. a table in your home where people come in and, and you guys know this as much as I do being admitted. And that's where some of the most honest and vulnerable conversations can happen. So there's great things that we can do when we get together as a team, like Pat's saying, let's have those moments of spontaneous worship together. But there's also stuff that I can do as an individual, building into individuals on my team. And man, that I really believe that happens with a good home-cooked meal, coffee afterwards, and just chatting. Uh, the Lord seems to move, and we see this in the early church. The Lord moved in, in, in the homes. People were breaking bread together around their tables and they were inviting people in and it built relationship. And I think that, you know, intimacy is necessary for fellowship. And, and so we need to get that, that people, we need to get to know people well. And, and so biblical hospitality, I just think it's just a great way of helping to build fellowship in the church. And what you're also doing is you're instilling that value in your and, and you're kind of tell, teaching them, hey, this is what it means to be a disciple maker. You invite people in. So who are you going to invite in? And mm-hmm. start modeling that. You're going to play a role in your church of starting to see more and more of that happening and more and more people having people over and more and more people showing up with meals to people. And I think the, the North American Christian church really, I think, has a weakness there. And I think we can be part of the solution when we're talking about building great fellowship on our teams, we can start in our homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spring, spring one another on to love and good deeds uh, in the various ways that you've said it, you guys have given some great suggestions from the, the big book studies to the asking the questions to the, to the practical inviting people into your homes. And, you know, I think just even thinking of this, this group, like a little flock, it's a little flock that you're, 
caring for. You may have mentioned that off the top, but um, I think Pat, but you know, the, the scripture says in Proverbs, know the condition of your flocks. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, Proverbs 27, 23. And you know, this, this is the foundation for the, the music we make and the worship we lift. It's, it's community. It's being the brothers and sisters who are joined together in Christ. And we, uh, you know, people, people have stuff going on. I had a conversation with someone uh, on our worship team in our church, and uh, her sister is going in for serious brain surgery tomorrow. And, you know, I just had the privilege of asking how she was doing and her husband and, and praying with them. And sometimes just inquiring with our team members, what's going on in your world, mm-hmm. your, your kids, your marriage, your job, uh, your family, because people are carrying around big burdens and that absolutely is going to affect them on a Sunday. It's going to affect how they're feeling, how they're playing, and they need people to come alongside them and just to care. Amen. And, and caring is not, caring is not a hard thing to do. Uh, cooking mm-hmm. some, some muffins or inviting people in your home. It's not hard to do. Um, it just takes some intentionality. We use that word. And it takes a sense of, hey, I want to I wanna press in and just figure out what's going on in this person's life so that I can walk with them and assist them. And I think another thing, too, is, you know, you guys have seen this, that um, when we as leaders model vulnerability, Pat, you were referring to it earlier, just that we're not perfect. We have struggles. I've got issues. Stu- you know, I'm not just the guy that's got it all together and I'm going to listen to everybody's problems. But listen, I need you to pray for me, too. Because mm. I've got stuff going on in my life, and I need you to to walk alongside me just as much as I would love to come alongside you. And uh, in the midst of that, you know, Jesus is <laughs> Jesus is honored, and and we are nurtured, built up, uh, spurring one another on to 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 this love and good deeds. Yeah, I think one of the skills also that is necessary for this is learning to apply the gospel into people's lives. There's a great book called um, How People Change by uh, Tim Lane and Paul David Tripp. And this book really, it's really all about what's biblical fellowship and, and how do we help people grow and change. And as if we start viewing ourselves as disciple makers and viewing ourselves as we're getting, helping people get an accurate view of God, a lot of the time people are coming to these meetings and they're coming with trials and and learning the skill of how to apply the gospel to their brokenness, to their pain, and to give them hope, to point them to Christ. I think that is essential. Again, fellowship is shared. We're united in a shared relationship to Christ. So, man, we should be applying Christ every single day we can and the gospel to what people are dealing with. And you're, you're going to come across them as such a person of hope, such a person of radical love by doing that. And not in trite ways, in meaningful ways, listening and hearing it and then offering how the gospel applies to that, I think is such an important skill to have in this conversation. So if we're to do this, if we're to devote time in our meetings, assuming, assuming that even in the state we're in with COVID, we have meetings still, but assuming we had meetings, this is going to take some time. How do we, how do we take 90 minutes or whatever we might have 90, 60 to 120 minutes? How do we do that and now chunk out X number of minutes for, kind of the connecting part of our, our ministry as opposed to just tuning up and doing our songs and arrangements. Any suggestions how we, how we balance out these two very important uh, complementary goals, but we need time for both of them. How do we, how do, we do that? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, most churches have a typical rehearsal night and rehearsal night can be set apart for rehearsal. Um, you know, I always think it's good even in rehearsal to include some prayer time or, um, you know, quick 
quick around the circle. How's everybody doing? How can we pray? Um, but then, but then that more intentional kind of worship team meeting once a month. Um, we always did ours on Sunday evenings, but you could you could pick your night. Um, you know, and I th- I think that 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 big view of God, accurate view of myself. If if we're just constantly hammering those those nails on a regular basis, people start to get it. You know, I was thinking about myself. Um, you know, I've done this now for Jody, me and you are right up there 31, 32 years. Um, I, I've never taken myself too serious. Um, I, I, I'm very much able to laugh at myself, which I think we should be. Um, I understand Jeremiah 17, 9, that my heart is deceitful. Um, and rarely, I think, are our motives right. You know, we always say, well, we want the right motives. <laughs> I, I don't know if ever we have right motives. Um, and in spite of that, God God continues to use us. But I, I need people to, to speak into my life. Um, you know, I, so, so I'm suspicious of them. And, and I, I want to be always be humble and teachable, and I want to model that. And if I'm modeling that to my people, I think it's, it's stirring something in people uh, that say, hey, I, I want to not take myself too serious. I, I want to be able to laugh at myself. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we do in our family on a regular basis is we, we laugh at each other. <laughs> and uh, if you can't take someone laughing at you, and that, that, I think that's our kind of love language. We, 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 we mock <laughs> a little bit. We kind of mock, uh, but it's beautiful. Like we, when we do it, we know uh, that there's just a deep love and affection um, and no one ever gets their feelings hurt because <laughs> we just, that's our love language. Um, but whatever your love language is, I think being intentional to say, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to grow with these people. I want to have our boots on the ground and practically um, loving Jesus and loving one another and caring for one another. That's, that's the key. I think for me, Jody, I would say, I'm more and more beginning to feel like I would rather have a team of people being discipled, loving one another, worshiping in an authentic way than a professional sounding end result on Sunday morning. I'm I'm almost always going to make that trade to prioritize people and, and their development than over music. I think that's a biblical, and I don't think that's to the exclusion of excellence. That's a priority thing. And mm-hmm. uh, one, one interesting thing that's happened in COVID is we've stopped having our rehearsal nights, and we've just met an hour before service Sunday morning. We only do, we're doing a bit less music now. And as I'm contemplating coming back and picking up a rehearsal night, I'm, I've been starting to think, you know, I want to do more of a prayer night, a more meeting time, because it's the Lord's blessed us, and we've, we've had very efficient times. No one's been stressed Sunday morning, and we've kind of trimmed down a bit of the music, but even if we were at to add another song, and I really feel like I really want to do this on, on a Thursday night uh, when there's, that's going to be our prayer nights at our church, I want to send us, no, we're going to prayer night. Like, let's, let's prioritize this kind of stuff. And I really think that when people are being discipled, when they're in right relationship with one another and with Jesus, and they're growing tremendously in their faith, those are going to be the best band members you're going to have. 
those are people who are so i really just trust and believe that as we do this mm -hmm. and we make that the priority um i think we're going to see something cool happen in our worship times and the, and the priority is not so much going to be on the perfection and the mm -hmm. professionalism of the band but there's going to be a sweetness of fellowship mm -hmm. on sunday morning in the worship amen yeah that far surpasses professionalism i believe maybe i'm wrong yeah. but i believe mm -hmm. Well, for sure. I mean, you know, going back to that phrase, the audience of one, God is, is the seer of our hearts and the receiver of our worship. And, and he's, he's looking for those qualities that are far, far deeper than, you know, if my guitar is tuned and if we're in, in harmony together well, and if uh, we end a song at the same time, that uh, is not as, as important to the Lord as, as the condition of our hearts and our love for one another. You know, um, Jesus says repeatedly to his disciples, love one another. The first John just talks about that. And so thinking through how we love one another, how we live in community, how we practice the one another's, how we care as a shepherd would care for his sheep. Uh, these are the things we've been talking about today. So worship leaders, we commend to you um, just the, the ministry of not only making music, but building disciples, pouring into others, building teams, building people who uh, are encouraged in Christ, who are reminded of the big God that they serve and the great gospel that has saved them and that the Lord who is with them, and that together we get to do this, this thing called life together, worshiping together for the glory of God, for the good of his people. And uh, we want to please the Lord in doing all of that. So brothers, thank you so much for a great topic today. Thank you for uh, your thoughts. And uh, God bless you, those of you who are in the trenches uh, with people right now and loving those people that you serve. God bless you. We'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks. Let's uh, worship God together in the interim. We'll see you in two weeks.